Welcome to Tune In, Discovering Your Authentic Self. I am your host, Nicole Jensen, mother of three, physical therapist, fitness lover, and life coach. My Tune In journey began when I took up yoga, meditation, and mindfulness many years ago. They have been a catalyst in helping me become more aware of my thoughts, behaviors, and patterns, and to accept myself where I am. But it is not enough to be aware. One also needs to take action. This show is for anyone who knows in their soul that there is more to life, but doesn't know how to access it. Each week, I will bring you the tools, tips, and share stories of how you can learn to tune in to who you really are at your essence and learn to live with intention and with fulfillment. Welcome to Tune In, Discovering Your Authentic Self. Today, I am fortunate to have Don D'Amico on as my guest. And Don, why don't you do your introduction for us? Great. Thanks so much. Uh, like you said, my name is Don D'Amico. I'm a speaker, an author, and a coach. I offer a couple different types of coaching. I do fitness and nutrition coaching, primarily for women over 40 who are looking to lose weight, feel good. Um, I also do business coaching for fitness and nutrition professionals. And then I speak and write on mindset, confidence, um, and productivity. Awesome. So why don't you just go right in and tell us a little bit about your story? Wow. So at the young age of 44, I've had a story. Um, really, I, I think it mainly began in college as I was transitioning. I was a dual sport collegiate athlete. And my transition from competitive sports to the real world was not smooth. It was not easy. I found myself just completely lost. I had spent, you know, the previous 20 years of my life where everything I did and didn't do was around athletics. The friends that I had, the activities I participated in, things that I didn't do was ultimately to be this college athlete. And I'm a woman, like I wasn't going to be playing professionally anywhere but I didn't know how to function outside of that competitive athletic world. And I found myself getting really, I struggled. I was depressed. I was anxious. I started eating too much, drinking too much. I started dabbling in some recreational drugs and I like put on over 40 pounds in less than a year and a half. I was completely miserable, you know, no energy, no confidence, no drive, none of that. Um, and I used a lot of the excuse I had, a knee injury in college where I lost my season from it. And it just sort of, that was my excuse. I'm not going to work out. I need time off. I need healing. I've done this for too long. And it just led me down this spiral. And the worst part was I graduated with my master's and I worked immediately in my career field as a social worker. So it's not like I had all this time off. I immediately went in to do the work that I was training in school to do. And I still just didn't know who I was. So how old were you when you said that you started to have that thought of, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what to do not being an athlete. How old were you? Was it after you graduated with your master's or? Yeah. So I, with my knee injury, I redshirted a year. So my first year of grad school, I was still playing competitively. And then my second year of grad school, I was still around the gym. I was working as a grad assistant, Okay. but I was really struggling at, in my role as a social worker. Yeah. I, I just felt lost. And that's all I could say to anybody. It's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I really felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. It's what I went to college for. It's all I had thought about for four years, but I just didn't know how to function in that world anymore. It was insane. And so I thought I was 23. 
about 22, yeah. 23. Okay. Yep. And, I, and okay. I thought I was the only one going through it. I had no idea that other people struggled with that. So what were, what were your steps that you took at that point? Like what led you to down the path of like, what did you do at that point? Like you're working I, as a social worker, right? Yeah, I was working and I started to attack that the way I started to attack sports. Uh -huh. I was going to fully immerse myself in that. I was going to become the best social worker I could. <laughs> I was going to learn all the things and do all the things and because that's what you do in sports, right? And so I tried to fully immerse myself into that world and I started to kind of come out of that funk a little bit, you know, and now my new identity, I was going to be a social worker. And as I started to get a little better, started to feel a little better, I met somebody that I eventually married and we got married and I moved and he was in the military. And then suddenly I wasn't a social worker anymore. And I was faced again with this same thing. Like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? Did you not work at that time? Cause you traveled with him for where he was moving to. Yeah. I wow. didn't work initially. Uh, the, I didn't work right away. Then I did start to work at the first place, but we were moving every year to three years. Okay. And so I just continued to sort of struggle with this search of like, who am I? What am I supposed to do? And one of the cool things about moving place to place is you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself continually. Every time I moved, people didn't know who I was. So the parts of me that I didn't really like, I would just kind of like pretend they didn't exist. Mm. And then I would start to pick up those, those traits and those habits of the people around me. And I started to become like this other person. And I used to think I was, I was becoming this like awesome version of who I wanted to be. And it really wasn't, I was really losing more and more of myself every time I moved. And I really started to find myself a little bit more. And I can't remember which move it was that we had. I was still overweight. I still didn't feel great. And I just started to work out again. I had okay. no excuses. I don't know if you ever watched the P90X infomercial back in the day when they used to have infomercials. And I watched that thing like every day for two years. <laughs> and I would just watch it. And I just remember tell, like always, I was like, you know, back in the day, I could have crushed that thing. And finally- but It never morning, dawned on you I should do it? Yeah, well, I was like, but that's too much work and I am way too out of shape. And yeah. finally, I was like, I don't have an excuse anymore. We had just moved. I wasn't working. I didn't know anybody. I had nothing but time. And so I finally ordered the thing. I wasn't going to order it till I was ready to do it. I didn't want it to sit in the closet. And I got up and I started working out every day. I followed the stupid calendar, just like they tell you to do on TV. And in a week, it took one week. And I felt like a completely different person. Wow. I didn't lose weight yet. I didn't start to look any different, but it, I started to feel like an athlete again. Yep. And it wasn't the physical feeling of an athlete. It was more that mindset. It was everything right. that went around being an athlete. It was doing things that were hard. It was doing things because you're supposed to. It was following through on goals. It was not necessarily hitting that ultimate win, but knowing that if you continue to do the steps, you're going to get to where you want to go. And it was all of those pieces of being an athlete that made me feel like an athlete again. And I kept doing it every day. And I kept showing up and everything about my life started changing in that moment. So, and it was just, so you, you basically, you could have, you could have not lost yourself essentially looking back in hindsight, if you would have just started working out at 23, but you wouldn't be who you are today if that happened. Right. And there, I mean, that got me to start to really come out of my shell. That got me to see that just because I wasn't a competitive athlete anymore, didn't mean I wasn't still an athlete. Right. Then I started to just look at identity in a whole different way. And I feel like my whole life you know, until about a year ago with this search for this identity, like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And I feel like we all go through this search. Mine just took me a long time. I, 
maybe, maybe longer than some, I don't know. Some people I don't think ever get to it. So we we're so hard on ourselves thinking, oh, I'm 50. I just figured it out. Well, I haven't right. figured it out. We never arrive, right? But we're, we're closer than we were, but some people never do. So I don't know. I yeah. don't think there's a magic age. I think we just, now that we know it, we wish we had it sooner, but it is. Right. Well, it and is. I think for me, I think the problem is I kept trying to label it as something, right? Yeah. I'm a social worker. I'm an athlete. I'm, and I think we try to, we get swept up in our jobs and the things that we think we want. Part of my story, you know, we talked a little bit before my life story has been this, you know, search for my identity a little over a year ago. I, I finally came out. I had no idea. I mean, I guess part of me a little bit back in the day knew maybe I was gay. I didn't, wasn't totally sure. Of course, everybody that's known me was like, we've been waiting for 30 years for this. <laughs> but again, Why it was this, you me know, in? it was something that like I was pushing away and I wasn't leaning into, I wasn't paying attention to all of the signs, everything that was around me telling me, you know, something's not right. I mean, I always knew there was something not quite right. Things kind of felt off. And I think really where I found myself the happiest, right? We talk about being in tune where I found myself most in tune. It's when we're in alignment. When I was at my best as an athlete, because I was in alignment with who I was and what it was I was supposed to be doing. Then I went through this period of time where like, okay, I came to terms with, it's not about the competitive side, it's the mental side. And then I continued to move and morph and change, but I still wasn't truly living as me, right? right? My identity, I'm not like, yes, while my sexual orientation is gay, like I'm not gay, that's not who I am, but it's a part of me that I wasn't leaning into, I wasn't tuning into. And I, because I wasn't in that alignment, I couldn't fully live the life that I was supposed to be living. I couldn't fully do the things that I was supposed to be doing. When your speaking isn't in line with who you are, when you're not dressed the way like you are, when you're not doing the things that bring you joy and fulfillment, then you're, you're missing things. Yeah. So what led you, like, can you go back to like the coming out part? Like what, how did you, how did you get in tune about that? Like, is it just one day, one minute, one hour? Like how, how did that work? It was something that I, I really knew when it really started to come out for me later in my marriage. I, I, it, that's not why I'm not married anymore. We were not getting, we weren't getting along. I had, my heart had really hardened toward my marriage. Military life is just, it's really hard. Um, and we spent so much time apart that we, it was just a struggle. Once I, I had kind of, I had given up on things where we were. And I think just over time, I started to realize like, you know what, like I'm not it's not just my husband that I'm, I'm no longer attracted to. It's I, I couldn't ever see myself with a man again. And, you know, eventually over time we divorced and, and I did find somebody. Right. And so I, then I knew for sure, but it was really a matter of finally just allowing myself to be who I was supposed to be too many years. I lived in the box that I was supposed to be living in. We, we talked pre-show a couple of days ago, we grew up in a similar area. I grew up in, you know, a part of Westchester County where, you know, it was all upper middle class, sure. you know, white families. There was no diversity. It just wasn't, it wasn't a thing. I grew up personally with a very strong faith background. You know, that wasn't an, it wasn't an option for me. It's not something that I ever thought about. And so I just kept pushing it away. And then finally, when I opened myself up, knowing that something wasn't right, right? We, again, we talk about being in tune. Something didn't feel right. And when I finally figured out what it was, everything else around me clicked. Uh, I was thinking a little bit prior to us getting on today about that whole mind body connection, right? And how our body so many times 
knows things before we do. For sure. And when, when I was a social work student doing my internship, I worked at a nursing home and we weren't allowed to record our sessions, right? But my supervisor had us, as soon as we finished a session with a client, we had to sit down and transcribe everything about the session we could remember, word for word, the best we could. That was on one side of the paper. The other side of the paper, we had to write what we were feeling at each of those steps. Mm. And I remember her taking my transcript one day and she saw the line of questioning I was going down with this client. And halfway through reading this transcript, she goes, he nev- he's never going to answer this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you, I thought she had some voodoo witchcraft thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you know? And she goes, because he can tell you're not ready for his answer. Look at what you were feeling all of these stages along the way. She predicted the entire outcome of the conversation based on the feelings that I was having. Wow. What was happening in my body, she knew what was going to happen in the conversation. And I'll never forget that. And now that I'm older, I can appreciate it in a whole different way where it's like, I now can tell when things aren't right. If I allow myself to lean into the discomfort. Yeah. If If you're listening and tuning into your body. Yeah, it's an, yeah, it's creepy. It's insane. It is. But it's true. Our body sees and knows things before we do. And if we can allow ourselves to lean in and start to figure out what that is, man, it can save a whole lot of time and effort. Oh, big time. Big time. So now that, can would you say that you are tuned into yourself the majority of the time? A whole lot more. Uh, it's funny because I'm somebody that I've got some ADHD. I finally got a diagnosis. I never was diagnosed, but I was like, I need a diagnosis just for myself. So I know I don't sit still. Well, I'm somebody that has to process and always be talking out loud. So for me to just sit still and do like silence and meditation, uh, it it makes me crazy. Um, But for me, like when something's not right, or I need to work through things, I have to get outside and walk. Okay. So for me, I, I have to be moving, but it has to be like me outside in nature. Like that's where I get most connected. When I can, I don't wear shoes. I want to be connected to the ground Mm, where I wear really, really thin, thin shoes so that I can be feeling like the earth below me and just really connecting there. Uh, Not just, you know, spiritually. I I do have a strong faith, right? I do pray, but I feel like God reveals so much to me just through through the body, right? Through the things around me. And it's when I'm walking, I need to be moving for my brain to do the things that it needs to do. And it allows me to work through so many more things. When I start to get anxious, there's a reason for it. Now, what do you feel? Like, like, what do you feel in your body? How do you know that you need to get outside and, and ground yourself? What, what do you notice in your body? I get very uneasy, okay. very unsettled. Is there a location um, that it primarily manifests? A lot, of, a lot of times in my chest, okay. yeah. like right in my chest. Sometimes it's heavy, um, usually more. It's usually heavier when it's... Uh, being accompanied by some depression. Yeah. So when it's a sad situation, something going on there, it'll be a lot heavier. Um, otherwise, it's almost like just fluttery in my chest. My brain won't stop. I need to be moving. Uh, I, I just can't sit. It's Here's just a super uneasiness. Here's something interesting that I just thought of when you said that is being an athlete as well mm-hmm. in my former days. And I mean, essentially still an athlete. But do you think that maybe that was our way of dealing with our yeah. uneasiness as Absolutely. children is jumping into our our sports, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I was a beast. I was a beast of an athlete. Like I still am in some ways, but I'm a little smarter because of all the injuries I've had. But just ignoring the signs because it was so uncomfortable, you just dive into your sport more, yeah. right? 
Yep. And that's, and that's what I did. It's the same thing. When I was struggling, I dove into my career. I dove into work instead of slowing down and figuring out something's not right. Uh, I was working with a coach recently. Uh, I spent six months with her. I, you know, it cost more than my car. You know, I poured a ton of time and effort and money and I was building this program and it was all around mindset stuff. And ultimately it was going to be working with sales professionals. And as I was getting ready to launch this program that I just spent all this time and effort and money into building it, it, something didn't feel right. And of course there's that piece of us that we don't want to jump because it's scary, but I, I couldn't explain it. And I, I ended up calling a really dear friend of mine. I'm like, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to do this. Like something's not right. And you know, part of my coach, part of what she's got to coach man is like, of course it doesn't feel right. You're scared. Like you're not, I was like, right. no, no, th- like this is different. How do you discern like, scared, scared versus it not right. being right? Yeah. And, and there was, it was my body was telling me everything. My body said, stop. Not that you're never supposed to do this, but not right now. And I ended up stopping and my coach happened to be away. And I literally wrote a book in those two weeks. Like I wrote a book and, you know, was like, I'm supposed to be going a different, different direction. The stuff that I work on, I'm going to use it, but not right now. This isn't the time I'm supposed to do this other thing. And it's because my body freaked out and told me, you need to listen to me now. How, how rewarding though. And like, when you actually get to the other side and you realize, okay, my body was right. Yeah. You know, it's then, then you have that, then you have that for next time to say, okay, I'm going to trust my body a little bit more. And I know, you know, it's always out there. You know that you can go back to it and when the timing is right, it will come back around and manifest for sure. But that's fascinating. I love that. And sometimes it is, sometimes it's a timing thing, right? Like this, this book that I ended up writing, it was something that I wanted to do over a year ago. It was something that I felt like I was supposed to do over a year ago, but I wasn't ready. It's a, it's a book on, on developing confidence by taking courageous action. Well, at the time I was trying to write it, I was still in the closet. Of course <laughs> I couldn't write the damn book, right? I mean, yeah. I oh, I love that. Literally not ready to write the book at the time. And, and my friend, when I called her and I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this thing. I swear I'm supposed to write the book. She goes, of course you're supposed to write the book. And I was like, but I already tried writing the book and it didn't work. And she goes, of course it didn't work. Like you needed a year, like you needed successes and failures. You needed more successes and more failures. And hello, you needed to come out. <laughs> like wow. you needed to live you need to live your life you weren't ready to write it you needed these experiences and I was like oh my gosh you're right like you're a genius but my body told me before my brain did that something was wrong and I needed to stop yep and I needed to pause and I needed to pause on what I was doing there and that's I'm supposed to still do the things I was working on like they were all there for a reason and one of, you know one of the lessons I shared with some friends of mine when I shared us you know this in, in a speech form was like look Sometimes we do have to err on the side of taking action. I sometimes I you don't know why you're supposed to do it, but my body said this is what you're supposed to do, and and it's right. That that darn body knew. Well, I think I think the more you learn to get in tune, you know, the more you start to have the confidence that you're making the right choices and and just being in alignment with who you are. So, well, Don, it has been amazing to spend time with you, and thank you so much for sharing all your insight and wisdom and. Look forward to airing this in a couple of weeks. And I'm so glad we connected. I can't believe like we 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 weren't at school at the same time, but our schools played each other yeah. in all the sports, which I think is so fascinating too. And then you went to school with my friend, Matt Del Negro, that is an actor and has his own podcast. So it just right. trips me out. Well, thank you so much and take care. And I hope we can stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Tune In, Discovering Your Authentic Self. If you found this valuable, please share it with a friend and it would mean the world to me if you left a review. I love connecting with my listeners, so please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook 
at Nicole Renee Jensen.